0: The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break with Nick Eatman, Brian Broadus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek
3: Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022, season 18, episode number 25. Welcome to the latest edition of. Of the break, we're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. And we are today going to dive headfirst into Cowboys versus Tampa Bay. Uh, We're going to talk specifically about the Tampa Bay offense versus the Dallas defense. Brian is going to give us his scouting report. And uh, we're going to just talk about some different points. Uh, about these two um, units and how they match up. Uh, Maybe even go back to last year and some of the things we noticed from last year's game uh, to open the season uh, and maybe find out if there's some parallels heading into this week's game. How's everybody doing today? Great. Not doing well. I'm
1: not doing so well. But
3: You know you can't do that, to that too much around anybody <laughs> these days. Because the moment you start sniffling, I mean, it's like, say, man, have you have, have you taken a test? What's going on? What, what's going on? just cold. All right. Just making sure. Just
1: cold, guys. Just
3: making sure. All right. Um, here's what we do. First, I want to talk a little bit about injuries. Um, I mean, the Cowboys are relatively injury-free. I mean, we we know there are some, obviously Tyron is out for a prolonged period of time. We know Michael Gallup won't play this week, uh, but could be coming back here in the next couple weeks maybe. Um, But there is one person whose name is on the list that I think would be of importance this weekend that we really don't know where he stands, which is Jordan Lewis. Is there an update uh, on his status at this point um, that that we should be aware of?
4: Well, here at 11 a.m., I think we'll find out later in a few minutes, really, to see what he does on this Wednesday practice. Yeah. Um, I think by the time people are watching this, if they're not watching live, we'll probably have an update there. But that's where we stand right now with him. I think it's always been... What are you doing on Wednesday of this week? And and he did some stuff on Monday to kind of ramp up. And I don't know. And and again now it's you're getting into gamesmanship time too. When McCarthy right, yeah. of like, you know, I thought he was doing better. And now he's he's like not so sure, or he's not so sure he wants to tell you anything, right? And tell the Bucks anything. But um, I I don't know. I get the sense he he's I th- I think he could play.
5: Yeah, I think Nick's absolutely right. Uh, he practiced Monday, like Nick said. Uh, he's going to practice today, and then fully s- same plan tomorrow. And so they're getting confidence in him. What I've uh, yeah. what I'm hearing, Nick was talking about the ramping up. So uh, I think that's a good thing that uh, he's going to go out and try and do some things today. What, what Nick was talking about, we'll see how in depth that is. But the final thing you're starting to hear is they're getting confidence in him playing. So I think by the end of the week, we'll of course we'll have who is in or out or anything like that but the fact that they're getting confidence of him practicing Monday, practicing today, same plan tomorrow, and then we'll see where we're at Friday.
4: What does a third and nine for the Bucks look like if he's not out there? Um, slot, and it, they've been moving Brown some inside. Right. You like Bland in there? How, how you- I, I
5: think they. I think they honestly wanted to see if Bland could play inside. If you held their feet to the fire, this, would just, this is my gut. I think they'd kick Brown inside and play
4: Bland on the outside. But not Nashawn Wright or no, Calvin Joseph. No, no. You think th- Bland's ready for that
5: moment? I mean, he's looked good in I'll training, tell you camp, what, but he's a rookie. I'll tell you what. And you got a rookie at left tackle, and you got to, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're kind of. Yeah. But the one thing about Bland is you've seen him play. Yep. And yeah. And you've seen him play well in the slot. And you've seen him in practice play in the slot against your receivers. So. That's the confidence you have to have. Is he ready? Probably not. You know. But is he but is he is he is he better than what the hope that we had going into this thing with oh Kelvin Joseph is gonna he's gonna have a great camp and he's gonna prove everybody No.
4: Who's the best sprinter of all time in our era? In our era? In my
5: era so so it was staying, Carl Lewis. St. Yeah. Bolt, maybe Bolt. Yeah. Lewis. Yeah. Do you
4: know what where those Olympics were? No. No one cares. With speed travels. That's my point: is that he's a track guy. You see it out here. You see it in practice. You know when we we are supposed to be out there looking at practice. Uh, <laughs> you see the speed, though. You really do. He's fast. He is a fast guy, and like he'll get beat every now and again, and it he, he can make up for it, and it doesn't matter. So rookie first game, what doesn't? I mean, speed travels, and I think that 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 will certainly help him.
1: The- and also, I. I know by the position, sometimes these are one-on-one type of matchup, but at the same time, based on what we've seen him do, playing with other younger players and rookies, he's done well enough to where my thinking now is, okay, once you put him in with the veteran guys, I expect him to play, not necessarily match their level, but, you know, the people around him and the other people creating those kinds of pressures for the opposing team definitely has to help him kind of even show more than what he's already shown. So I'm not necessarily concerned about if Jordan Lewis was not to play. I think they can definitely handle that whole area.
5: Yeah, Bland is – Bland is he's, he's earned my trust. Yeah. I don't know about everybody else's, yeah. but he's earned my trust. The fact that the way he reads, I think he sees it the, the right way. I think he's quick. I think he tackles. I think he's aggressive. If you play him outside – you know you could kind of you could make it where he could use that boundary that sideline as help you know his ability to find the football and, and you know and and what you're going to get from the buccaneers i know we'll get into it sometime but with brady the ball's going to get out quick and if you're playing off you've got to drive on these guys and tackle and that's the one thing I think we've seen from Bland.
4: There's a couple of examples history wise that that this has worked. A sixth, fifth round pick, Anthony Brown played a lot his rookie year because he, he had speed. He had he had that four two nine four three speed that really helped him. And then go back what 13, 14 years. It was, Skandrick. That was just, Skandrick Yeah, Skandrick played in 08. Yeah. and he, he could run. He was so that run. long ago. Fourteen
5: yeah. years ago. Uh, yeah, fourteen Brian? years ago. Yeah,
4: Dateline. We're yeah. old. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah, All of us. Yeah. Gosh. You too. You're getting Not there too. Me? Yeah, you used to be the <laughs> young up. buck. You're right wow. there
5: with us. We're all old.
4: Wow. All of us are old. You yeah. remember Anthony I'm Brown as a rookie. So. A I will say this. <laughs> we were all you old, man. did. And
5: you Kendrick. did work at Valley Ranch. You did work at Valley Ranch one Stop time. Stop it. Now, you are holding up much
4: better than the rest of us. Yeah, that's true. We're all old. There's a lot of times we talk about up here, you know, you talk about at Valley Ranch and they're like.
3: No, no, they don't know. You know, upstairs. They don't know. I literally looked around. Amber, you're one of the people that's, like, with us now. You're, yeah, you've are moved over. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> you've moved over. All right, so I do have a question for you guys, and this is a bigger picture question. The fact that we're talking about Bland in this way yeah. and the fact that he would probably be your third guy in the event that Jordan Lewis mm-hmm. cannot play or gets hurt in this game and can't continue,
4: mm-hmm.
3: is that more about the fact that Bland is just really good or about the fact that Kelvin Joseph isn't good enough? And, and it
4: could be both. I mean,
3: it's got to I, be I get both. it, but which one would you say is, is more? Because, look, if if Bland is kind of getting this because just nobody else was there and good enough, then, okay, yeah, let's just go with the young guy. Or is it one of situations, man, Bland's just really, really good. It's hard to keep him off the so field. I
1: think it's Kelvin Joseph's situation. Yeah. Like, to me, unfortunately, I haven't seen anything from him. And I know, despite his issues and all that, coming into the whole, like, when he got here— there were expectations. There was a lot of expectations and thought that he could give you things that you were lacking, and that he had the talent. The, again, despite everything else that came with him, but up until this point, I haven't seen a single thing that I'm like, oh yeah, Kelvin Joseph. Like sometimes, to be honest, I I forget about him. Like he is, he's been forgettable to me. So I think that Darren Bland, he is talented but i wouldn't say like he's I mean pushing everybody out the way like i think it's more i would say just kelvin joseph hasn't been what you expected him and to And
4: you got to throw Nishan Wright in there too he's yeah. a third round pick Yeah. And so it's both of them all yeah. other, i think Blan. i think what bland gives you is more inside and outside and more athleticism
5: I don't see bland as a 50-50 player and that's what I see, Na'Shon Wright. Mm. I see Na'Shon Wright when ball goes overhead. Sometimes he doesn't do a very good job of finding it. But I also see him making some plays. Right. I see him making some tackles. I, you know, uh, the the Charger game, he, he was poor effort. You know, getting to a, a tackle that ended up being a touchdown. That's why I call him a 50-50 player. I'm I'm really surprised with Bland because in watching him play at Fresno, you saw a good player. I think he's even better in the pros than he was at Fresno, mm. you know. And to the point where you are like, "Wow, it's something in the Pac twelve missed this kid. Why is he playing at Fresno? This kid should be playing at you know Oregon or Washington or mm-hmm. one of these places, you know." That and that happens. I the thing with Kelvin Joseph, he's it's it. There is so much always on his plate when it comes to well, why, why, why that, why this, why that, that I just me like Ambar says. It's easy for me just to separate and say, okay, this is what he is. I've moved on. Now I've got to figure out if Wright can play, if Bland can play, or these other guys can play because I know I can't rely on yeah, him right now. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I mean, I think the organization's done a great job of, okay, <laughs> these are the off-field issues you had. We're going to stick with you. We're going to help you. We believe in you. We're going to keep you on this team. They've done their part. I don't know if he's necessarily done his part, and I think that's the issue.
4: And, and I 100% believe, and, and I've, I've argued before, and I think people will disagree with me. I think Nation Wright needs to switch positions. I, I think if he had the exact same thing that McQuamu had yeah. where he can look and, and he can track and he's got his length and all this stuff when he's looking at the field. But when you got his back to the field and he, then he's trying to figure out he doesn't yeah. have the hips, there's a reason why there's not many 6'4 corners in ever. I mean, there's been a couple tall guys, but it just doesn't work for you, especially in today's game when Tyreek Hills and Jalen Waddles of the world are running around and turpin and all that stuff. It's really tough to keep up. I think they need to make him a tight end cover guy. Guy, a safety-ish hybrid corner. There's a role for him with his length and, and, and his in his awareness. I just don't think he's an outside corner.
5: Let me ask you guys this: What you seen with McQuawmoo? Would you play him before right at corner?
4: I I would play him in a role like not maybe on the outside, but I would play him if if I've got a tough tight end matchup. You know, I'm, so you're going
5: to keep him at that at the curse linebacker yeah. position, and I which, think that's. I think it's kind of unfair to – I will say
3: this. I think it's kind of unfair to make that because we haven't seen enough of him at corner for us to see his warts like we have with Nashawn Wright. Yeah, like if yeah. he had just been playing at corner all the time, he might be showing the same warts yeah. as as we see with, I, with, with Wright. Yeah,
5: I kind of feel like, though, he's got a little bit better instincts when it comes to the coverage of finding the ball and then playing with his eyes. Where And he's I think Nick's right. Too. Yeah, I think Nick's right about that. Playing him at safety or that position, but could he be that linebacker down? I, let's be honest, McQuawmu. That's not his favorite thing to be down there and being that linebacker guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, only curse is that guy that really feels comfortable. Got to be uncomfortable, yeah. When you've being been down playing down corner there. all your life, and but, then now
3: you're down in the box. Like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you
4: moved two spots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a yeah, lot, man. Yeah, that is ton. a lot
3: to yeah, ask yeah. a guy. But you got this three hundred pound dude running I, at I'll you. Tell you. That's the problem.
5: I, I was, I was impressed with McQuawmu because yeah. that's another guy you kind of take a scoop of dirt and throw it on. Them, you know, down the, down the line and say, yeah. oh, well, there's another one that they kind of missed on.
3: All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back from the break, we are going to jump into Cowboys versus Tampa. We'll talk about the Tampa offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll be right
0: back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
2: Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
0: The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is
3: always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life. The Cowboys Way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America
0: Corporation.
2: Little Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized
0: it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Yeah. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non fungible token. Yeah
4: something that deserves a doctor pepper
1: back to the break
4: Whether you're at home or in the stands, Essler Lenses is the perfect way to watch every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local SLR expert. See more, do more, Essler.
3: Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by Miller Lite, and this segment is presented by Blockchain.com. Let's talk Cowboys versus Bucks. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay offense versus the Dallas defense. Brian, start first with the big picture question, what does this
5: offense do best Attack the middle of the field. That's the one thing I think that's really going to be. If you can find a way to win the middle of the field, if you're the Dallas Cowboys on defense – You've got a chance to, to really slow Tom Brady down. His, is
3: that with a, sp- a certain person, or is that a certain just way that they try to I think do
5: the it? I think the way that Tom Brady now at 45 years old plays football is he's looking for the simplest throws that he can make, and those generally come in the middle of the field for right. him. I think things, when you watch him play on the outside now, it's a little bit the accuracy is not always there with him. Some of his throws where he's trying to get rid of the football. Now, his throws wide are to backs, to swing, to try and, you know, to even – there's times where they even like struggle with screens and things like that to get them out. But when Tom Brady sees the middle of the field and he's got the routes that either the tight end or the crossers or you know, with, you know, with Godwin, guys like that, that can, they've got the vertical player in Evans, but they run a lot of stuff in the middle of the field. And that's what Brady wants to throw. And teams that have had success in him, against him haven't given him the middle of the field. But that's the thing that they want to do when they're when they're really humming on offense. I went back and watched the the playoff games against the Eagles and against the Rams. That that was that was where they went. They went no huddle and they started just attacking the middle of the field. Dallas's safeties, linebackers, guys driving on the ball. This is going to be key for them in this game.
3: All right, so let's talk about it from the flip side of that. Where are they most vulnerable? Offensive? They're really
5: young inside. Uh, Luke Gadecki, the guard, is making his first start at left guard. Robert Hainsey is a tackle who's now playing center. I'm going to take advantage of those guys inside. I'm going to try and find a way to attack them, make them one-on-one block. But I'm going to make Leonard Fournette, if he's in this game, to have to pass protect. You know, and that's what I mean when you twist the front to him, make these young guys have to pass these twists, and now find guys. And then all of a sudden, you run a twist up front when you know with a cross, and then you bring Parsons behind him. That's going to make these guys have to come off blocks and mm-hmm. try and figure things out, and it's also going to make Fournette have to—he hasn't worked with these guys except in practice and stuff. When you're going, you got a guy like Micah Parsons that can destroy guards, and he can also destroy running backs. Don't put him out on the edge. That's the Buccaneers' strength. Tackles are their strength— Inside is where they're a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, troublesome right now. Did you
4: watch the game last year against the Bucks? Uh, yes, uh, the the Cowboys. Yeah. Did you watch it again? Yeah, because I'm because I I think I remember Micah saying that was probably his worst game. Yeah, it was just <laughs> n- n- not as effective. Yeah. And and the, the week two is where you really saw that jump against the Chargers. Do you think that it's a night and day difference of what what? Brady and the Bucks are seeing from number 11 as they yeah. saw last year. Yeah,
5: I think so. I think once that, once that Dan Quinn and the staff made the determination that when Tank went down during practice, mm-hmm. they had to do something, then all of a sudden, if you remember, the Chargers had a replacement at right tackle. Yeah. They were bad in that situation. So it really helped the Cowboys going forward. I think if you're if you're Tom Brady and when you we always talk about Brady as you tack the middle of the pocket with him, eye level down, get eye level down, and where he's kind of looking at the rush. And when he feels rushed, he's not gonna to want to take a sack. He'll throw the ball away. He's gonna try and get the ball out quick. But like when I was talking about earlier with Parsons like you could attack the middle of that pocket with him and all of a sudden he sees Levin on him and how quick Parsons is able to close mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Tom's thinking like I've got to I've got to get this ball. If he sees 11 in the middle of the field, he's got to know that that he's probably going to get some type of blitz.
1: I think um for some reason <laughs> Tom Brady's not looking as scary to me for to start out the season not because of him but mainly because of everybody that's surrounding him the people yeah. that are protecting him his yeah. receivers and the lack of things that they're currently having so I have a different question for you and I'm not saying this is what's going to happen but if it does happen that it comes down to the kicking game sure how's their kicker
5: well that's the thing about it. they're going with a rookie kicker this year and so uh, uh, Jake I think that's how you would say his name. He's a kicker. He's a rookie kicker from Georgia. He was a fourth-round pick from them. You know, they, 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 they went and – excuse me, he's the punter. Uh, Ryan Suckup is the kicker. So Suckup is a veteran. The punter is why I was thinking about the kicking game because of what you have with Turpin. Mm-hmm. So if you get a rookie punter and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you've got to punt away from him. We, we've seen you can't punt to him. You know, that's where I kind of feel like that maybe the Cowboys will have a little bit of advantage if you have a rookie guy. But Ryan Suckup is a veteran kicker. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, uh, he kicked against the Cowboys last year in this game, and and there was no problems there. But the rookie punter, when you start to talk about that, that's where – things might be different in the kicking game for the Buccaneers. All right, so let's flip Let's flip to the defensive side of the
3: ball for the Cowboys. What do you think is their greatest? And any one of you guys can answer this. What do you think is their greatest strength? If you had to break it down into kind of the different segments of this defense or different things that they do really well, what do you think is the greatest strength of this
4: defense? For the defense? Cowboys defense? Yeah. I think it's the fact that so many different guys are going to – get after them in different ways. Um, Their best player, you don't know where he's going to line up, and I think that that's the key. And I think Anthony Barr is going to factor into this as well because what you're saying about rushing up the middle, I think that Barr is going to help with that too. Sometimes they both go. Sometimes they both come back. Sometimes it's one or the other. And I just think that you got talented players that it'll be tough for a young offensive line to figure out exactly where they're coming from.
5: I kind of feel like, though, that this game won't be decided in the trenches, though. I feel like that Dallas' secondary is better than what Tampa's secondary is at corner. Mm. And so, to me, I think both quarterbacks are going to get the ball out quick. I don't think they're going to let—the the, the Cowboys are not going to let Dak get hit. Dak is going to figure out a way to have to get rid of the football. To, you know, It's outside, inside, however they have to do it. They've got to find a way for him to get the ball. And I think he will. I think Dak will. Brady's going to get the ball out quick, too, because he doesn't want Micah Parsons to be wearing him all day. You know. <laughs> so which secondary can hold up the best? Can the Cowboys second? All you have to do with Brady is if you can get him frustrated enough to where the receivers don't appear open, he'll throw the ball away. Or he'll hurry his throw. So, can you cover on the back end? Can you can you find a way if you're the if you know? And we talked about the potential of not having Jordan Lewis and all that. I think at the cornerback spot, you know, I think they can hold up fine. You know, Tampa struggled last year. You know, I mean, they they were a little bit nicked up in the secondary, but I feel like though you've got the personnel, even with Lamb. I think these tight ends are going to have big games for the Cowboys. I think Schultz and Ferguson, I don't really trust what Tampa's doing at safety with Mike Evans and Winfield. Winfield's a fine little player, but he doesn't have the height. So all of a sudden I see moving the pockets, kind of moving uh, Dak, the waggles, the boots like that, hit Schultz, hit Ferguson, hit those guys. But that's that's how I think that they're going to win this game. But on the other side of it, though, I think Dallas's secondary can hold up. I really, really do, and if they do, and they and they can make Brady hold that ball for just a little bit longer, that rush has a chance to get home.
1: And I think even if he gets rid of the ball very quickly, and if I remember correctly, last year he threw what two interceptions? May- In the game? Yeah, Brady.
4: Uh, I think three. Well, one was a one was a um, hail mary. Hail, hail mary, yeah. Counts and Diggs got one. Yeah. And I th- Think, they had uh, a
5: tip. They had a tip ball that was. Diggs, I, I was Diggs remember watching that them. One. They had. They try and throw the ball to backs too, where they get tipped. Mm-hmm. And you know, like Fournette tipped one up in the New Orleans game. I was watching. Yeah, that you have to take advantage. There, there are times where their receivers will miss passes. There, there are times where their receivers will struggle. Godwin had a terrible game last year in this. Mm-hmm. If you remember what happened, they were going in for the, really for the kill shot at the end of that football game. He fumbles going in. Cowboys get the ball and they drive it. Basically, the length of the field though to kick a field goal, they're going to win this game if they don't get the holding penalties yeah. in that well, game. That's but, the thing. Even yeah,
1: I feel like even if the Cowboys' defense is like pressuring, but then you got Tom Brady just getting rid of, of the ball really yeah. quickly. I still feel that the secondary, they what they've shown, and this is not just Trevon Diggs catching balls. We've yeah. seen so many different guys, and I, again, I get it. It's been uh, you know training camp and then preseason games. But I've seen enough to where it gives me a lot of hope that they will be able to get their hands in the, on the I ball, and even if not, like intercept the ball, it's going to be very close. I think
5: Hooker's going to be better at free mm-hmm. safety with his movement skills. Mm-hmm. I said on my radio show on 105.3 The Fan, I felt like Noah Brown's going to uh, Noah Brown. Uh, excuse me, Anthony Brown's going to lead the team in interceptions
4: this year. This year,
5: yeah, I think Anthony Brown is about to have that that, that season Thank where we're all going to go, oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. that, that's going to get that guy. You
4: know? uh, inter- lead the interceptions because he's taking that next step. Yeah, or, I think or Larry I think Brown with playing with Dion. I and think he gets that when you
5: look at when you look at Diggs, and I think people are still going to attack Diggs. I really, really do. But I also feel like though that when. The guy that's going to, the way that his style of play is. And I love when Diggs plays up on the receiver and can be physical. Now I hate when he plays off and he has to read and adjust. I think that's mm-hmm. a terrible, terrible way to play with him. I think he's better when he can feel the receiver and run the route with the receiver and all that. So I, I just think Brown... I think Brown's going to get a lot of opportunities. I think he's going to come up big and finish some uh, finish some plays.
4: Let's address the fact that Derek is no longer here because I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, it was he on Brian, and all of a sudden, like, where's Derek? Woof, so. woof.
1: No, he had to leave. But let's go ahead and take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking about Buccaneers' offense versus Dallas Cowboys' defense.
2: This week!
4: When a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona, you can nominate yourself or a friend to be the Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan. You can nominate yourself or a friend at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year.
1: Welcome back to the third segment of the break. Now, I have a question for you guys. Derek kind of left me his and <laughs> Some of the things that he has on here, one of the things that he noticed is the – size yeah. comparison between you got the wide receivers, uh, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Goodwin and when you compare them to Diggs, Brown, Lewis, if he plays and mm-hmm. even Deron Bland who we talked about earlier do you think that this will be a big factor as far as like the size? Our guys are a lot smaller not a lot, but s- noticeably smaller compared to their receivers.
5: Yeah, but I the thing that I, I love about the Cowboys secondary is I love how aggressive they can play. And I, I think it's – to me, I don't play a lot of off coverage in this game. I really don't. I think the best vertical threat they have is Mike Evans. He, he's the one guy that – I'm not letting Mike Evans with free access run up the field. I'm trying to disrupt routes because what I have to feel like is if I could disrupt routes – my rush could get home because of the problems that the Buccaneers have with the youth in their, in their middle of their offensive line. Brady's going to want to throw the ball quick. I'm not letting Brady have any separation on the outside to get the ball out. So if Tom wants to throw the ball, you know, we've seen, we've seen Brown and Diggs and those guys go bland, even go up and knock passes away, you know, and be aggressive when they've had to deal with guys that have, they've got a little size to them. So, I'm not. I'm not worried. I I do think the Cowboys have the advantage here with their secondary. I, I really do. I think they have the advantage with uh, with the way they play, how aggressive, how well they tackle. I, I think that they can make plays in yeah. this
4: game. You know, you look at last year's game. I thought you know speed hurt them with an Antonio Brown on a deep ball for he a touchdown. was a killer yeah and then and then size for, for Gronk I yeah. thought was was a yeah. was a problem there too uh was what you're saying attack in the middle of the field yeah. so but you know number 12 has had a lot of guys in his whole career that you didn't even think were that good until Brady made them good so he's one of those quarterbacks to me that like you know if he's still there he's still doing it like I I You know, until they stop him for the first time, I I still think that he has an advantage. I'm not saying it's the the biggest advantage, but I think that he's he's learned how to to he's made a lot of money for guys in his career, and I think he's pretty good at doing it.
1: And sometimes, I mean, we've seen certain quarterbacks, especially Tom Brady, how they can still make it happen despite of who the player on the field is, what kind of talent. And Derek's next question he had on here is. You mentioned Antonio Brown and Rob. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much will they be missing those two guys this year?
5: Yeah, I, I think that if you when you went back and watched the Cowboy game, Brown made several huge catches. I think it was a crossing route, too that he caught that just just exploded up the up the sidelines too. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing that I that I would worry about with those guys. Gronkowski is a guy that he knows exactly where he's going to be he knows in the you know he knows he's going to be lurking somewhere in the middle of the field probably you know 9 to 10 yards right in that area and then throw him the football there's a couple of times where he tried to fit it into him there were a couple of times where he tried to fit in the ball to Chris Godwin there and it just didn't work out as well so i i think losing that explosive of a player but you know that's that's the thing that you have to you know you have to worry about with them in there but without them it's still it's the size you're talking about, but I think the Cowboys are yeah. competitive. I think they're competitive going to get the football. I don't think it's I don't think it's anything with the, with the guys that they got. I think that they can cover whether it's Evans, Godwin, Gage, Jones. I think they can cover these guys.
4: You know, I think another point that you got to remember from that first game is that was the first game that Dan Quinn was coaching this yeah. defense. I mean, the, this defense, the touchdown, the deep ball to um, Antonio Brown. Um, I think Anthony Brown was covered there, but there was yeah. there was a bust yeah. on, on yeah. the inside. Um, now everyone remembers all Anthony Brown was was the one that got beat, but really it was it was thinking he had help. At the, I think it was the safety or a corner. It might have been Jordan Lewis that fell down on that yeah. play. So again. Parsons wasn't Parsons in that game. This is, he's not that he was not the beast animal that he is right now. They 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 developed that Quinn has developed them. The, you know they have a different group going up against Brady than than what they saw last year. And I think that's an advantage for the Cowboys.
5: I think it's a I think it's a very confident group on defense. I
4: yeah. really
5: do. And I, you know, if this game was played in Tampa, I think that yeah, I mean, you would probably say, well, the Bucks have got the the home field advantage of. But the Cowboys last year, and I know year that it goes year to year, Dallas should have won that game last year. Mm-hmm. Dallas th- Dallas played well enough. They didn't play well enough though in the special teams. They like to your point, they didn't make field goals. They didn't make an extra point. You know, they got a couple of holding calls late in that game that cost some opportunity. Maybe even to milk that clock down to nothing and give Tom no chance to win that football game. You know, you leave you leave him a minute twenty yeah. something. He's probably going to drive that thing in the field goal range and win it. So. I I just I'm very very confident with with Dan Quinn with this staff defensive staff and the players they got. I mean I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing at defensive tackle. Nick's right about you have probably the best defensive player in the NFL on mm-hmm. your team right now. You know take advantage of guys like that if you can.
1: So if your def- defense, the Cowboys defense, is struggling in this game, or let's say the Bucks offense were able to move the ball and do all that. Would it be if you had to choose between the two, the lack of pressure or the lack of what's happening as far as the secondary and what they're doing back here?
4: There? Here's what scares me the most about the defense. And I don't know if that answers your question, but this is when I look at this defense, the teams that are going to hurt them um, until we see it differently is if they just commit to running the running football the ball. up yeah. the middle. Yeah. That's what I wonder about because Parsons is going to be in all kinds of areas. And, and he's not what, the,
1: that was the one area that they struggled last yeah. year with. And and yeah. I
4: think teams that, that like to run, yeah. like the 49ers and all that, uh, you know, they, they they will do that. I don't know if Tampa has that. They do have a big back. Um but yeah. I don't know if they're the type of team that's just gonna try to run it down your throat. No,
5: they're not. And that's the thing. Well last year they weren't. Yeah. You know, if you go into the playoffs and stuff like that with Leonard Fournette, they were shuffling backs in and out of that lineup. And and to me, Nick's right though, if somebody's committed to running. Fine. Then you just, you know, you've got guys that to me, I do like what Bohannon, Bohannon. has shown me. Yeah, I was going to say. I, yeah. do, I do like, I do like, okay, Tristan Hill. And it's going to sound crazy to say this. I like Tristan Hill being disruptive. Okay, if Godeki, the the rookie guard, is lined up, he fires off the ball, he gets swum around by, you know, by Tristan Hill because of quickness or Osa Odigi Zawa, you know, and now you got to tackle for a loss. Sure. You know, I'm, that that's the kind of that's how I think that Leighton Vanderesh we throwing dirt on Leighton Vanderesh The games where they struggled, where they didn't win, Leighton Vanderesh seemed to have like 12, 13 tackles a game. I think Leighton Vanderesh last year found the fountain of youth again, kind of a little bit healthy. I think you're going to see and him have a good year I, this do, year. I
4: agree with that, and I also think that there's there's games on the schedule. When you look at the AFC North, the Ravens, the Steelers, the the Browns, um, Bengals are a little bit more wide open, but but teams that like to run it and and, and physical, uh, the Vikings are in that. Um, I think Leighton Vander I agree. Leighton and, and Barr. I think the linebackers are going to be. They've got some old school type players. I think that they're going to have better years this year.
5: Yeah, it's going to be about what's happened at defensive tackle can you win with bohanna can you win with gallimore can you win with osa and can you win with hill and 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 if you can do that if you could te- if you can you know put teams in that long yardage situation now you're dealing with one of the best to play all the time but you know that's that's where you do that you live you live to fight on third down that's where you live to fight mm-hmm. and if if the Cowboys can get him in third and long and, and get a little pressure and make them have to deal with that, you know, that's that's how you're gonna control this Tampa offense though. But if they get, if they're getting run on, playing pass defense isn't gonna matter. They'll just keep yeah. running the ball, those yeah. keep running yeah. the ball and you know, and then all of a sudden it turns into like they did at Philadelphia, they went no huddle against Philadelphia because they knew Philadelphia was changing out their personnel on the defense, that they roll the defensive line and all that. Maybe Tampa thinks the same thing if they mm-hmm. get the football to start the game is go no huddle and never let Dallas replace anybody on defense. That's the thing I think you have to look at early in this football game.
1: Well, since that's an era where they struggled with, the Cowboys last year, and I know this year we didn't get to see them play in a preseason game, so the best thing that we could look at would be those joint practices, the one mm-hmm. against Denver and then the one against the Chargers. Did you guys see – any type of improvement as far as like stopping the run from the defense side?
5: Well, you guys were at the practice. So, I mean, I wasn't there. Yeah, I, I mean, didn't make
1: Nick, it I mean,
4: hard. to me, hard I, to
1: I see did
5: that. well, doing the games that I were all the preseason games, two of them on the radio. Yeah, your twos and threes were going against twos and threes, Mm -hmm. other team, and it didn't feel like that. They it feel like they were playing better run defense. You know, it felt like that. Oh wait, Luke Gifford with another tackle Mm -hmm. here. Oh look, you know, I mean, oh look what Osa behind the line of scrimmage. Oh look, Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill made the team. I think playing better run defense than he did rushing the passer. You know, if you yeah. if you want to be honest.
4: Hard to evaluate in practice on that. Running backs think they score every play. And so, you know, they, they keep running and you're like, oh, everyone's fans are cheering and all that when it could have been a one-yard loss. I mean, it, it is tough to, to evaluate that. There's some times where you can kind of see that the, a hole opened up there. I thought Denver ran the ball on them in that practice. I thought Denver did a lot of things better than the Cowboys in that practice, but I thought the, the Chargers n- not so much. But that's again, that's not really what they do. That's not where Austin Eckler is going to hurt them. He's going to do it more on the outside. Javante Williams, I believe, is his yeah, name he
5: ran him. the ball when they played last yeah. year and so, had success. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's, that's that's the fear for me is that is that these guys, the Tristan Hills, Osa, you know, you they, they like to get up the field and 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 make plays and that and then be disruptive. But sometimes that can hurt you as well. And so when you said Bohanna and Gallimore, that's a lot of beef right there. Yeah. I, I wonder how they're going to hold their own. I think they will, actually.
1: That's going to be interesting. So if you had to, like, what would be some of the things that they need to improve to fix that? To Because fi- like, they got the size. It's, <laughs> and it's that's a, one thing for yeah, sure. Yeah,
5: it's about playing square. If you're watching the game from the sidelines and all of a sudden you see 72's numbers... And he's turned, or you see ninety sevens numbers and they're turned to you while you're watching the you know play on the sidelines. That's bad. They can't get turned. They can't get washed. They you know they've got to hold the point of attack if they're going to play up the field. Get up the field, but also if the ball is going to cut, and that's what you're going to get with Fournette in this game too. You know we'll see if they could do it without their inside guys. We'll see how good they are at cutting the ball back behind the center if they don't get those blocks. But if you're not square and you're turned, they they those are natural gaps. I mean, that 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 doesn't help the linebackers at all. If defensive linemen aren't square, then they're going to have they're going to have all those guys are going to be running on, onto those linebackers. And that's what we saw if you remember several years ago in the Rams game in that playoff game against the Rams. You know, they were just turning your guys and then the linebacker, Sean Lee and those guys, were just struggling to mm-hmm. get off blocks and then have to deal with
4: the run. You know, the thing about that that, that first game, it's easy to look at and say, man, the, the Cowboys were right there in Tampa, should have won or, or could have won at least. And and you look back now and think, all right, what's changed? I think the Bucs, um, I, I think that they've lost a little bit more. Uh, they're a little bit more banged up. Now, Tyron Smith is a big loss there for, for the Cowboys. But you look at the defense – what they were doing with Parsons and Jaron Curse, where n- nothing was was like what, what they've got mm-hmm. right now. Oh, yeah, and so um, you know Zach Martin as well. I mean, you can say Tyron's out, but Zach Martin's back in, and he certainly helps. So I just think the Cowboys have taken a little bit more steps up from this from that game. The Buccaneers a little bit backwards, I think, you know, I'm, I'm maybe giving away my pick for uh, gut feeling here. Well, but. you
5: know, the thing about it is, though, too, with the Cowboys defensively, you, know, you could say what happened on the offense. There's, I mean, it, it, to me, and I'm just saying this because I work on the radio station, but here I get to have a platform here. I think it was personal. I think it was personal with Coop. I think it was personal with Lyle Collins and they moved on. You know, and fine, there's nothing you could do about that now. If you're a fan, you know, did you replace that? Did you know, yeah, you drafted a kid in the first round. He's having to play left tackle faster than you thought he was gonna play. You know, you went out and you protected yourself, you got the best backup uh offensive tackle right now on the street until you know you find out what's up with Smith. You know, I think there's things defensively. The fact the biggest thing to me that's gonna be the difference. I would be terrified right now if Dan Quinn wasn't coaching this defense.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: That, that, to me, you had a chance. And every, every person that covers the NFL and my sources and everybody I know that knows Dan Quinn, he was going to Denver. Until all of a sudden Denver's side, the, the, the Bolin family said, we're going to sell this team. We can't have another defensive coach. We can't have another guy. So we got to get an offensive-minded coach here. Dan Quinn was going to get that Denver job. He was signed up, ready to go. So, the fact that he's back, you can talk about all the losses and stuff you want. The fact that he's here and these defensive coaches are still with him, building on year two, huge get huge. for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's, you're right about that.
1: All right, well, that is all the time we have for today's show. Thank you so much for joining and tuning in. For Nick Eadman, Derek Eagleton, who is not here, but in spirit he is. Brian Brades, I'm Ember Garcia. This has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio.